Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of So Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with The Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm your co-host, Jeannie Rice, along with Dr. Tim Hayes, and we welcome you to the show. Today is Wednesday, September 16th, 2015. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1, and that puts you in queue to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions, because then that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart. It's an honor to be here. And we're appreciating the opportunity to share this space with you. Our work is that of understanding, learning, applying, first century Aramaic forgiveness, and all of the corollary thoughts and materials that are so relevant to life, but unfortunately have become at least seemingly irrelevant because they've gone through a filter of Greek translations. We rarely see, in fact, most uh, so-called, and I say this very carefully, so-called scholars will proclaim that it was all written in Greek. The man who spoke the words originally in Aramaic, if he sat in those circles, would say, that's all Greek to me. It doesn't even start to connect with my comprehensive healing and system for understanding and living your life. It doesn't even start to connect with it. One of the thoughts on my mind today is the quote, and this came from a conversation I had with someone recently, where, and this is like such a super, super, super urgent thought, But from the Greek, it makes absolutely no sense. So we hear this thought that says, the eye is the lamp of the soul. If the light for you is darkness, how deep will your darkness become? Now, first of all, how can the light be darkness if the light for you is darkness? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And then, the eye is the lamp of the soul. Let's go back to first century Aramaic thought and see if we can make sense of that and see if it's relative to where we live. The word eye there in Aramaic is perception. Perception is the light to guide you, human being, and and in this work, We define a human being very experientially. Hold a newborn child, and you know exactly what a human life is. Pardon me. That is our state of being. That's who and what we are. It's been called soul. So in Aramaic, what this is saying is your perception, the output of your mind, is the guide or the light for your earthly life. Obviously, darkness can't be light, but what it's saying is that if darkness, in an Aramaic darkness, there would be either hostility or fear. If hostility or fear for you is the light you follow, is the guide you follow, 
So when it says the light for your earthly life is darkness, they're saying if hostility or fear is what you're following, if that's your guide, then how deep will your darkness become? Many of you have been in workshops where Jeannie has opened the workshop and asked the question, how many have held a newborn? Describe your newborn, the essence of the newborn, and everybody's answer is some variation on the theme of love. And then she asks the second question, and that is, how many have ever done something you regret? Now, if the phrase that I'm giving you is relevant to life, this is the key to understanding it. So when she says, how many have done something you regret? And then she asks the question, identify what you were feeling that motivated you to do what you regretted. In other words, what was running your perception, the light or the guide for your earthly life, at the moment where you did what you regretted. Guess what? Of tens of tens of thousands of people asked this question all over the globe, the answer 100% of the time is always darkness. It is always my mind was being guided by some form of hostility or fear. So we'll ask that question, and, you know, what were you feeling? That mo- Oh, it was rage, it was guilt, it was grief, it was uh, greed, it was lust, it was all sorts of things. All words that represent darkened perception. So notice in your life, if you've ever, let's say, destroyed a relationship, if you've ever had a relationship and, you know, the words came out of your mouth and you knew at that moment the words could never be taken back and that was the end of it. Did those words come from your state of being, from light? Were you, if we describe the newborn, were you loving, caring, in sweetness, in beauty, in purity when you said those words? Absolutely not. Never once did those words come out of your mouth when you were in that space. That's designed to be the guide for your life. That's what's supposed to drive and power your perception is love, your human life. On the other side of the coin, if the light or the guide you followed was darkness, hostility or fear, notice the kind of viciousness that's come out of your mouth and that you've done and the destructive effects of it. So if the light for you is darkness, how deep will your darkness become? So what Yeshua was teaching 2,000 years ago is not some sort of religious dogma, let's go off to church and, you know, and, and see if we can understand some Greek theology put in Yeshua's mouth. The Greek theology is garbage. It's garbage because it's made up primarily when the stress is up and the chips are down, it's made up of darkened perception. Oh, there are nice words about love, but notice that there's conversation about love, the creator that's created this fiery place for you to live for eternity if you do something that displeases him. Do you think that's coming from darkened perception? Do you think that's coming from a mind disconnected to love? I think the answer is pretty obvious. Wherever you find words of darkness perception has driven a mind's words or thoughts, they're always based in a lie, will always advise you very poorly and lead to destruction. That's all. It's just real simple and straightforward. So what Yeshua was saying 2,000 years ago, and this is why it's such an important idea, is your perception has a quality. And if its quality is not connected to love, is not powered properly, you know, I'll oftentimes in my workshops ask the question, how many have ever, or pardon me, how many have a, a device in your home, your office, your shop, your car, your kitchen that works really well when you unplug it? Nobody has such a device because no such device unplugged from its power supply works, period. The power supply for perception is the act of presence of love. Perception is the light that guides your behaviors in your earthly life. If your perception comes from darkness, how deep will your darkness become? Because perceptual quality has degraded. And remember that perception will be repeated this over and over and over again and will repeat it another thousand times. Perception is a construct 
do some research, just Google CIA perception and um, analysts. Put those three words in. You'll come to a book that's published on the CIA's official website. Read through it, and you'll see, and, and, their, and their research is about how to improve the quality of perception. That's, that's the whole thing. They're, they're following Yeshua right here. How do we improve the quality of perception? And what they're showing is that, or, or, or literally, quote, a, a verbatim word-by-word quote from this section on perception is, the mind does not record reality, it generates it. You're always generating your perception from whatever is moving in the content of your mind. The world cannot move you to perception. The world can only stimulate something in your mind, and what's going on in your mind is what moves you to perception, and that perception has a quality. And if its quality is poor, don't take its advice. Seal your lips. Shut your mouth. Don't say another word until you get back to corrected perception, until you're out of that state of hostility or fear, or you will say something that you will regret. So perception is the fruit of the mind, and that fruit always has a quality. If it's from hostility, if the power supply for your perception is hostility, then instead of loving perception, instead of high-level accurate perception, you will always have irritation in your perception. And if it's from fear, then there will, your mind will always generate a perception that will show you something threatening about your object of attention. What do you suppose is happening when a 260-pound parent shakes a small infant to death? That infant has resonated something based in fear, and that 260-pound person is threatened and does a behavior to try to change from the outside what's happening on the inside. You can't make any change in the outside world that will change the quality of your perception. It will change the quality of your guidance system. That's always an inside job. And so if irritation or threat is what's in your perception, then know that the perceptual quality is poor and it's time to make an internal change. Not time to try out of hostility or fear to force somebody else to change, but to restore the quality of your perception to its highest and best. When one lives in hostility or fear, their mind produces catastrophic thinking, or so-called thinking. That person who is in that catastrophic thinking will take the most cherished object of their attention and turn the deepest abuse they've ever experienced toward them, and they'll think that they're protecting themselves by doing it. When one is locked to hostility or fear, they can't see possibilities. Perception is now shut down. And alternatives will become invisible or seem at least impractical. And so we see the person in negative thinking, oh, that can't be done, that can't be done, that can't be done, that can't be done, that can't be done. There's nothing we can do here. Catastrophic thinking, looking at every situation. And, and look at the terrible end result because perception in hostility or fear can't show possibilities, can't show what wondrous results could be produced in exactly the same circumstance. And perception always produces a result that's consistent with what was called the Peter Principle. If you remember the Peter Principle, if something can go wrong, it will. Perception based in hostility or fear will assure you that something will go wrong. If you find yourself, when the stress is up and the chips are down, habituated to hostility or fear and limited thinking, unable to see possibilities, unable to see alternatives, please hang out with somebody who doesn't live there and you will have the support to take you to possibilities over and over and over and over.
when we're in that hostility and fear-based perception, being creators, we will produce results. And we're not going to like the results that we'll produce. There is an alternative. We can learn to set a filter in the mind called Rachma. And as we set that filter, as we tap in and keep that, then instead of minimizing the possibilities and the experience that's happening, what will happen is one will move out of limited thinking into totally and completely maximal thinking, possibility, and see the potential value rather than have the value or possibility darkened by their own mind. So remembering that, and this is just one little piece, one simple little line of Yeshua's teaching, but such an urgent one to understand. If you can't see possibilities, it's because your mind is in hostility or fear. Stop. Restore love. Stop. Restore love. Plug it back in, and all of a sudden, possibilities will open. You'll be able to see what otherwise is invisible because filters of hostility and fear are filters that limit data available for perceptual results. So again, perception has a quality. If its quality is based in hostility or fear, you're going to limit yourself. You're going to tend to produce the same results over and over and over again, and you're going to wonder why everybody's doing it to you, like it's all their fault, and you have nothing to do with it. But as a creator, sooner or later, you've got to recognize what you've got to do with it, and you've got to stop it. You stop it, through doing two things. One, you forgive. You start looking at the places where you're always negative. You look at a situation, you can't see beyond your own nose, you can't see any possibility, and you stop the mind from functioning out of that form of limited hostility or fear-based thinking, and you reconnect to love. So there's the forgiveness of the content that fires the mind based in hostility or fear and limits you know, you'll, you'll hear people that, you know, whatever the situation, they're always down on it. There's always, oh, no, that's not, oh, no, we couldn't do that. No, 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 you can't do that. No, that's not, no, no, there's no, nothing you can do. No, 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 no. If you find yourself in that, stop it. Stop it. Restore your mind to love. And all of a sudden, a whole world of options opens. Perceptions, quality improves immeasurably when you power it properly. And then all sorts of doors and windows open up. All sorts of creative options are available. And all of a sudden, the whole game of life changes. And we're here to support you changing the game of your life and creating it fully consciously. One, by forgiving anything based in hostility or fear. And two, by purposely, consciously connecting to love. And as you power your perception properly, its quality improves immeasurably. And a whole different game occurs. So that's what we're here to support. And of course, the key in the process is forgiveness. If you have not engaged in the forgiveness process yet, we invite you to go to our website, WHY. Again, .org, in the middle of the page, you'll see a red and white bullseye. We have to scroll down a little bit, click on the page, the bullseye. <clears throat> that will open a whole series of links. Here's how to engage the forgiveness process. Chapter 24 of my book is there. There's a whole series. The second link is a whole series of different worksheets that we've developed. We suggest you start with the one at the top of the list. The third link will give you access to some of our more important radio shows. And there are at least 16 different radio shows where we've walked somebody step-by-step step through the reality management. So there's 16 different sets, 16 hours of custom instructions on how to use that tool. To restructure your thinking so the tool makes sense, take some time. We invite you to hang around long enough to get to understand that. Take it and put it to work and watch the monumental changes that occur. It is just 
beyond comprehension. And then, as you start to work with that tool of forgiveness, as you actually put the pen to the paper and do the worksheet process, if you come across questions, things that don't make sense, things that seem like a block, then we invite you to call the show five days a week, ask your question. And our call-in number is 646-200-4169. If you're in the phone queue and you push one, that will raise a little hand in the control panel, and Jeannie will know that you want to talk to us. Jeannie, Dr. Tim with us today? He is, and he's on. How are you today, sir? I'm doing very, very well. Uh, I had uh, I had a topic outlined for um, the conversation today, and you stole it, so I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. I, well, I, it's it's mind-boggling <laughs> to me. I actually had a, a a person I was seeing this morning, and the conversation went around to the segment that you do in the Empowered to Heal talk where you have the th- four different colored squiggly lines on the board and then the brain cells in the person that collapse one potential or another and I actually right. I actually went to the um, to the internet and looked up Campton Quantum if if no one's done that you can see a, a section of the movie What the Bleep Do We Know it's only like a 5 minute and 12 second segment that talks about right. the double slit experiment that really talks about how when we observe things the energy that we add to them actually changes things. And what, yes. was, what what triggered the whole thing was last night's group, which was beyond words. And then today this person came in for a session and was saying that someone told him that he walks around and treats life as though He's meeting people at a Grateful Dead concert or a Fish concert. He says hello to everybody, and everybody responds nicely to him as though it's a safe world. And she said, and it's really not, except for you. So she's actually making the observation that people respond to him very differently than people respond to her and most other people she knows. And so that got us started uh, started us talking about the quality of perception, how we're actually creating it, and how we have a creative force in this mind energy that we're choosing moment to moment and adding to whatever's going on around us. And right. last night in our support group, we had eight loving people focusing their energy lovingly. We had two visitors, and they are very, very challenged in their lives. And and because those people all held this loving space, everybody in the room experienced something differently than they would have if people had responded with irritation or anger. And it's not that people didn't have irritation or anger stirred up in them. I've heard from some people already. Right. They, they did have irritation and anger and thoughts like those people don't belong here and what they did with those thoughts was they put them on a worksheet and they made notes about future worksheets they should do and they owned all of their own reactions so yeah. the only thing the only thing those other two people experience from the group was acceptance 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 it was just Phenomenal. Wonderful beyond words. Very cool. Sweetie, my only answer to is, how did I steal your topic is, the truth is, there's only one of us. We're all playing on the same team, and when we tap into what it's really all about, we've all got access to the same guidance system. It's such such an awesome thing to uh, comprehend and be involved in. Well, and so the other thing I would say is that it'd be interesting if uh, we could check to see if anybody from that group 
is out there with a hand up because I know a lot of stuff got resonated for a lot of people last night. And so, well, and maybe somebody's Tino, calling Probably in. 815 area codes. There is an 815, but they don't have their hand up, so I'm assuming that they're just listening. Anybody who is on the switchboard, if you press 1, it'll put you in queue. We know that you want to talk. Nobody has their hand up, so there's no waiting. Oop, one just went up, but it's a 224 area code. You're on the air. Who do we have and where are you calling from? 224. Area code 224, welcome to the show. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Mary. How are you? Well, hi there, young lady. Welcome. Thank you. Yes, I wanted to say um, that a lot of last night's group was because of how Tim handled the whole situation with these two people who came in. Um, I think we all kind of looked to him for guidance, and he just handled it beautifully, just like explaining everything as if you know there was no question that they would understand everything that was happening and they were a part of it. And I think he just led that whole thing, and, and we kind of went with it. Everyone had their own reactions, just like you saying, but um, it was it was really well done. Nice job, Tim. Well, thank isn't you. It, isn't it nice uh, to get to hang out with a guy like that? Amazing. Well, and and and, and my, my my response is thank you. And I couldn't have done it without the other eight people in the room all agreeing to go in that direction. I have yes. been I have been in groups of people like this before, where. People don't buy in to the yeah. acceptance, and it doesn't go so smoothly. It's just a, a loving, wonderful group, as you know. Yes, I can't imagine not having it. It's amazing. Just it just gets better and better too. I don't know how that's possible, but uh, new people come in, and it just it just even improves from that. When I think that you know, oh, we've learned it all, or we know what to do, it just it comes goes to another level. Yeah, so that's going to happen someday, right? Oh, I'm so optimistic. I love it. But yeah, no, it was a, it was a great group, and even after even the worksheet that was done was. Once again, there were like three of us sitting there, and we went, oh, here we go again. We're going to start the worksheet over because we are all going to do the same one. It's just uh, kind of funny how that all happens. Yeah, I don't I don't think any of us has an issue that isn't shared by everyone on the planet. Right. Whether it's being shared at a conscious level or not, it's, as Michael just finished saying, there's really only one of us, and we're all connected. Even mm-hmm. even in the dream of separation, we're all still connected. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was a tough lesson last night to hear that one. <laughs> we had a good discussion about that. Yeah. But it, our group is, we're so connected that we have a group after group, which is kind of funny. We usually go out to, like, a local restaurant or an ice cream place or whatever, and, and a bunch of us, sometimes it's been as many as 10 or 12 of us sitting around the table afterward, staying there till like, 11 or 12 o'clock at night on a Tuesday night. Uh, and it's a load of fun. And we did it again last night, of course. And, and, and of course, what we're talking about was the subject and how everyone was saying, you know, <clears throat> wow, I can't believe my reaction to this. And, you know, I thought I was you know, further along, or I, I wouldn't have this kind of reaction to, you know, people who are challenged. And so it was a wonderful conversation even after after group. Yep. Awesome. It's, it's amazing. So yeah, thank you very much. it's pretty sweet when a group like that comes together, isn't it? It is. It is. It's great. And even uh, the Thursday night group has its own different uh, flavor, uh, but it's, it gets really deep sometimes, and it's, it's another wonderful, wonderful group. That's pretty cool that you get like, two opportunities a week up there in Chicago land. Oh, it's it's a jackpot! It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> For sure, yeah. it's true. It's true. I don't know of anywhere else where that's that's a possibility. It is. It's wonderful. Wonderful. You don't have a, you know, an actual, uh, I know that, that virtually anyone can, can run a group and, and everyone should. I highly recommend it. But uh, to have someone like Tim just takes it to another level. So, you know, we're all very appreciative and, and love it. Just love it. Well, thank awesome. you for the compliment and thank you for participating. Oh, thank you. Okay. We'll see you later. And thanks. Th- and thanks for your sharing. Okay, Bye. Mary. Blessings. Bye-bye. Bye. Sweet. Well, anybody else in the group last night have anything to share? 
I think one of the, one, even if they don't want to share out loud, which is fine, I think one of the things that Mary just hit on is that <clears throat> I've heard from one or two people and they were um, they were saying about the, the thoughts they had, the negative thoughts they had, and I was just shocked to hear because the people I heard from about all the negative thoughts they had about these other two people, they, the people who said they had these negative thoughts, they were some of the most loving and supportive in their comments and their energy toward these people. So for me, it's a huge testimonial to the power of this work and what I can do when I learn to take full responsibility for every negative response, twitch, reaction, thought, emotion that I have, I can actually, here's, it, it, here are people that demonstrated in the group last night, they had all kinds of negative thoughts and the emotions that go with them, and they never spilled out onto anybody else. The energy in the room stayed loving and supportive and accepting, and and one of the most powerful worksheets we've had in a while, and there's a lot of powerful worksheets that happen in that group, got to happen through all of this other stuff. I mean, that's but that's one of the from things your two that, guests. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's one of the gifts. things. Well, and one of the one of the two guests made a statement about um, how she gets angry at God. And when she said it, I felt how it was right on target for the person who was doing the worksheet to come into contact with that phrase and to explore his or her own response to that. So it it was a gift at many, many, many different levels. Mm. We do have another hand up. I don't know if it's somebody from your group or not, but it's area code 970 you're on the air. Hi, this is Stuart in Colorado. Well, hey there, young man. Welcome. Good to hear your voice. Oh, well, to see you, to in, your, your uh, very, in a very short period of time. Yep, I'm just wrapping up my uh, season here. I got a few more projects going on, but I'm um, I'm getting excited. Uh, and not trying to project myself there yet and stay in the moment and take care of what's in front of me. But uh, but anyway, I uh, good conversation this morning. Um, and I actually just had a question, both for both you, Dr. Michael, and Dr. Tim. Um, what are some of the, the techniques from your experience, um, you know, because you're, you're both very rooted in this material and, 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 uh, uh, and very well-spoken in it. When you are up against opposition, what are some of your techniques of staying in the truth? And if you could speak to that, I sure would love to hear what you have both have to say about that. Do you want to go for it, Dr. Taylor? Well, I would like to clarify uh, what you mean by staying in the truth. Well, you had mentioned, uh, like, it gets, it gets difficult when you're in a group and not everybody's on the same page, so you have opposition. And so, and able to, you know, and that can, that can disrupt the energy. And and so, I I believe you have, both you and Dr. Michael have some really uh, incredible you know gifts you know knowing this material, and and when that opposition comes up about just really being able to stay focused and not really allow the opposition to kind of knock you off you know into ego or into anything other than kind of holding that that place of stability. Well, let me let me correct you there um slightly that it it's not that I stay completely out of ego or have no ego. It's that I with practice have learned to just keep watching it and not let it drive my behavior. Mhm. So I was fully aware when I encountered these two new additions to our group last night that I had thoughts like, oh, this is going to be rough, or this won't go so smoothly, or I wonder how that will work out. 
And I just breathed into them and let them go. And here's the second part. I have learned with experience that it all works out, usually, even especially, when it doesn't go the way I had planned. Mm -hmm. So I have practiced allowing and knowing, and that's a word that is loaded for a lot of us, but I'm, I'm using it in a special sense here. So my conscious logical mind might be telling me something else, but I have a deeper knowing because I've seen it happen so many times. I've been around people like Dr. Michael Rice handling a crisis. I've been through enough crises of myself over the past 40 years. And I have a deeper knowing that that isn't at my conscious logical mind that knows it's all going to work out, not only even when it doesn't go the way, I think it should, but often, especially when it doesn't go the way I think it should. So that moves moves me into the idea Michael likes to talk about, the concept of surrender, and, and then he says, nobody wants to hear about surrender, but surrender to love, surrender to peace, surrender to calm, nobody wants to hear about that. But the bottom line is, I'm always surrendering either to love or peace or calm or to anger or fear. And so it's a choice about what I'm going to surrender into. Since I'm not controlling, I'm adding to what goes on around me. I'm adding my mind energy to it. So I just breathe into, okay, let me see how I can shift my mind energy back to something loving and put that into this soup of of interaction around me and and then let once that leads then i just follow it Mm -hmm. and last night something happened in the group it's happened a number of times but it was particularly interesting last night because somebody did the worksheet and then she talked about what what got triggered for her and and um and then i said something and it just came out like a stream and when I was done, there was silence, and then the person I was talking to said, like she was shaking off a fog, she said, can you repeat that last part? <laughs> and and we kind of had this chuckle around the room about, yeah, we wish they had had that recorded, because I'm not sure I could ever get back there. So that happens not because the great and powerful Dr. Tim pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, is so smart and he's got it all figured out and he's got all these techniques, it simply happened because I put that loving energy out there and followed it. I mm-hmm. put that knowing that this is all going to work out, even if, and sometimes especially if, it doesn't go the way I planned, and then I just follow it. I stay open, I observe, and then I participate. Mm-hmm. That would be my offering. Very good. Thank you. Cool. And from my perspective, uh, if you if you look at our catalog, we've got about 34 hours or so of video uh, workshops. We've got uh, 20 or so hours of audio workshops. If you went through the radio show archives, there are probably about 1,100 hours of shows now. So if you looked at all 1,150 or so hours, you wouldn't ever hear us talking about anything else, Stuart. It's like all, literally all of the above. It's every tool. Do I breathe in this circumstance? Do I just soften my body? Do I step back and become the observer, the thinker apart from my thoughts, the feeler apart from my feelings, the actor apart from my actions? Do I have a goal that's driving me into some form of hostility or fear in this situation? then I'm going to do a quick canceling, locate and cancel that goal and ask to be restored to love. Is this a situation where it's a close relationship type of thing? Then I'm going to dig the commitment out and I'm going to speak the commitment to that person. Is this one where I'm blaming somebody else for what's going on inside of me, which is the essence of codependence? I'm going to dig out the codependence worksheet. 
is this one where I'm so far out of harmony with my purpose that what's going on in my life is crazy time. And so I'm, I'm going to focus in on and tap into my purpose, primary and secondary. So, so each and every tool is really about doing exactly that. And as one learns to breathe and process themselves in the moment, then reliably when something triggers some form of hostility or fear, the breath will help to move that energy out of the system. And as I remain aware and reconnect to and, and ask to be restored to love, then from that space, I just create a whole different world, a whole different life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would be kind of my short answer to that question. Yeah, well, you know, and many times I'm able to really hold that, but then other times my power person um, uh, scenario shows up because somebody holds that same vibration of my power person who uh, right. will criticize or, or go up against opposition against when, when I'm, you know, feeling safe about speaking my truth or whatever. All of a sudden someone will hold that particular energy, and, of course, that runs through all the back, you know, trauma and everything about being safe to speak my truth. I'm wrong, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So there's there's a, you know, there's a part that kind of, like shuts down and you know you you kind of freeze inside and and as I have to go through and obviously that's the time to do worksheets and to kind of process through that um but I mean I guess what my question is is I guess through this work it does you know it does get easier yes definitely okay and and that's what I figured you know, the answer would be <laughs> When, when a situation resonates on consciousness, you know, we see people who will be in the conversation of love and caring and support, and then something unconscious is resonated, and they're simply gone. I mean, vacant. Nobody's home into some unconscious story, an unconscious dynamic that just runs them, and that's where something like stepping back and observing myself in operation, I go, wow, this is sure unconscious. <laughs> And and then mm-hmm. you come back to, through choice, the willingness to upgrade my perception to being keyed to love. And in the same circumstance, recognizing that it's not the circumstance that creates my perception, but my own internal dynamics. And if my internal dynamics include hostility or fear, then, of course, using the, the culture's language, the language will be, and you really frightened me you really made me afraid. And and so just simply correcting my language. Wow, I recognize that this situation I'm in right now is bringing up fear in me. And my fear has a lot of unconsciousness attached to it. I think I'll breathe. I think I'll soften. I think I'll just purposely, consciously remember the first time I held a newborn, breathe into and soften and get back to that connected space of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you know, go ahead. Being blown out for weeks at a time, which many people are. Right, right. And when those when those opportunities are presented to me, the gifts, um, I don't have any problem. I mean, recognizing that it's not it's me. You know, it's like I'm going, oh, right. okay, here it is. You know, it's like so owning it's not a problem. I don't have. I mean, at this, I know enough about the work to kind of you know. I mean, it's an absolute waste of time to try to blame or point the finger out of anything outside myself. I mean, it's like, this is very simple stuff. If you're feeling it, it's, it's, it's something to work out. Um, right. So that's not a problem. So, you know, it's just practice. And, and uh, even though I've been, uh, you know, connected to your work um, for the last couple of years, I haven't been practicing your work, putting the tools uh, onto paper and doing that except for about the last couple of months. And it's been it's been a gift. I mean it it's been a wonderful, wonderful gift in my life. Um and uh and I do. I, I'm looking forward to coming out and uh, spending time with uh, you guys out there at Heartland and uh doing some work and uh and work next. Um, I'm excited. Cool. Well we look forward to you getting here and we'll see you with Terry uh on the weekend of the first we'll be uh doing oh just we'll touch into a lot of different things happening and uh, and looking forward to supporting you in the next level of your work and you supporting in the Heartland in the next level of its uh, upgrade. So it would be a delight to have you here, Stuart. Very good. Look forward to it, and uh, thanks for taking my call, and you guys have a wonderful day. Delighted. Love and blessings. Take care. Bye-bye.
646-200-4169. Jeannie, anything else happening in the uh, chat room or anybody with a hand up in the phone queue? Nobody else has their hand up and there's no questions in the chat room. So 646-200-4169. If you're already on the switchboard, press 1. It puts your hand up and I know that you want to talk. I've got about 15 minutes. I just got to, uh, you just got really muffled, Michael. Okay, is that better? Yes. Oh, good, okay. My microphone had dropped a little bit. So we've got uh, about 15 minutes. We do have a call. Lot, lot, oh, great. Let's go for it. 815-901. You're on the air. Who do we have? This is Erica. How are you? Hey, young lady. Welcome. We are well. Were you at the group last night? No, I wasn't there, so I don't really know the specifics, and I don't have a reaction. <laughs> I just heard about okay. it. Okay. Well, it sounds like it was a good one. Uh, okay, so I don't really know what my question today? What's on is. your mind? I'm very confused. Oh, and okay, well, that's a good place to, to be. Go along with, to go along with the uh, perspective conversation that you open the show with, um, so... To go back on Labor Day, Jeannie, I told Jeannie and Jeannie told you on the show that right. they weren't going to renew my contract. Right. Well, a lot of events have unfolded since then. And now I'm in the position where I can grieve it and fight for my job, and I have people rotating in and out of my office offering their perspective, sometimes on what I should do or what they think is going like. Almost like gossip, what well, is gossip? And so I told myself to just sit there and listen because I I'm like, don't, don't respond. You don't have enough time to respond. You'll just react. So I've just been listening to all of this, and I just feel so lost, and I want them to stop coming into my office. Why, am I, why are they coming in? I want everyone to leave me alone for like five minutes. I don't even know what the worksheet would look like or to go to my, my purpose sheet again. I don't I don't know what to do. I would like some guidance. How about a mind shifter? Okay, wait, let me get my notebook out so I can write it down. <laughs> Did you hear how upset I was when you said that? I heard how upset I was. Like oh a mind shifter, okay. All right, I'm ready, Michael. It's, it's it's safe and healing, mm-hmm. and people love it. Okay. Safe and healing, and people love it when I speak up to stop gossip. Okay. Now, remember that the, the, the mind is an electrical function of the cellular structure of your body. Imagine that I've got, you know, you've been in the classroom where I've got a whiteboard up in front of the room. <clears throat> and I take a green light and I take a red light and I take a blue light and I shine each of them on the board. Now, we know from a scientific point of view there's no such thing as green. The eye interprets mm-hmm. a certain frequency shape as green, red, blue, the same. But we're looking and we have great clarity on this beautiful green color, this beautiful blue, and this awesome red color. But when I take all three colors and shine them on the same spot, because as frequencies, these frequencies resonate with each other and they kind of mix and match, when all three lights are shone on the same spot, I don't see red, blue, or green. I see some kind of a mix of them, mm-hmm. and that mix we would call confusion. So recognizing that the mind works in precisely the same way with frequencies and energy, when I have unconscious material that's coming up in me that maybe is based in some form of hostility or fear, somebody's showing up with maybe a gossiping, hostile conversation, and I'm working to keep Rockma, to keep Rockma and love present, then I get a mix of frequencies in my mind. And 
you know, if you can imagine I've got a jug and this jug is filled with muddy water, how do I get rid of the muddy water? I keep pouring in the clean, I keep pouring in the clean, I keep pouring in the clean until the muck is gone. Mm-hmm. So as you keep doing your work, as you forgive, you loosen some of the muck and throw it out. The water gets a little murky. That's confusion. You keep pouring in truth and the active presence of love, and the water clears. Clarity comes. But you, you, you can't get clarity prematurely. You've got to go through the process of allowing whatever's already in there to surface, and if it surfaces in the presence of a conflicting thought, the tendency is going to be for those two things to mix, just like the light energies mix and become confusion. So that's a great place to just breathe and allow myself to clean out the muck from my mind. You know, how many how many generations has it been since a woman in your bloodline stood up for herself and said, I deserve this, you're not taking it from me. I have no and idea. That, I have no and idea. Done that with, and done that with clarity of purpose and with love. Well, you you do a pretty good job of, of querying and getting answers from your ancestors. You think, ask grandmother, did she ever do that? Great grandmother. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so you're probably doing something that's pretty new in the bloodline. And to do that means you're going to get to clear a lot of generational muck out. And that's the confusion would be my offering. So keep pouring the clean water in. Keep looking at the goal. Like, for instance, you you shared what one of the goals was, uh, sort of in reverse, but you wanted them to stop coming in with their gossip. So the the goal I'd work with canceling in that worksheet would be the goal for people to come in with only constructive, supportive conversations. Okay. And as I canceled that goal, another chunk of muck will probably break loose from my mind because obviously the fact that these people are coming to me with their gossip, there's a part of my mind that's sending out a signal that says, hey, anybody got any gossip to offer here? Mm. And so people are showing up. And as I keep cleaning it up, cleaning it up, cleaning it up, I'll have greater and greater and greater clarity. When you were uh, talking about, you know, going back to the ancestors, yeah. it, wasn't, it took a while, but then I remembered my great, great, uh, I might get the wrong, it's either two or three greats, grandmother on my mother's side was taken from Italy and brought, against her will to come live in America by her husband. Mm. And that was like, that's what popped up. So, obviously, if she was here, it was probably pretty tough for her to speak up and do anything about it, especially with the macho Italian uh, man mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. would force a woman to do that. It was probably pretty tough mm-hmm. to speak up and it would make sense. There'd be some confusion come when when her dynamics surface in your mind. Okay. I think there's another element as well, because I don't I don't know what I want to do in this situation either. And I did. So you, uh, you, I did the purpose worksheet again two weeks right. ago. And Good tool. What this was asked. This was after I was laid off, right? Or it's non-renewed, fired. I don't know what word to use. But right. the, in the first time I did the purpose worksheet, I put teaching as something I enjoy and some oh, in both of the categories, right? It's something, right. Mm-hmm. something I enjoy. And the second time I did it, I just put it into something I'm good at, but I didn't put it into something I enjoy. And I don't. I, I thought initially, like, oh, my gosh, I guess I don't even enjoy this. And then I'm like, well, am I just responding to the new circumstance? So I'm like creating more questions and adding to the confusion. Well, my offering would be that as opposed to adding to the confusion, you're now opening the space to ask yourself the questions and allowing 
the conflicting parts of your mind to surface so that you can come to clarity. If you keep the conflicting part of your mind hidden, you'll never have clarity. And when you bring it forward, there's going to be less clarity than if it's hidden. But as you bring it forward and keep moving in the direction of truth, keep moving in the direction of your purpose, then you'll gain greater and greater and greater clarity. So it's just real simple and straightforward. How will I recognize truth? I feel so lost right now. How do I recognize that? Well, now you just moved into another dynamic, which is, if you remember the pseudo-solutions of the non-being mind, one of them is, if I could just figure this out. Yeah. Well, show me how yeah, to figure out how Yeah, and then I want to have this conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, so my, my invitation would be to cancel your need to figure it out and be with the process. You're in a process. Your head isn't going to be able to figure out an end to that process. I don't know what you're going to process through in the way of, your own lifetime's hidden dynamics, your genetic hidden dynamics. I don't know what you're going to process through. I don't know if it's going to be a three-day process or a five-year process that you're in. And there is no way with your nine-bit mind you're going to figure out what the end result's going to be. But, as Dr. Tim spoke about earlier, if you choose to trust the process... And let yourself be in the process. Here I am. I'm in all my confusion. I'm going to keep breathing. I'm going to keep doing all of the above and just let myself process through this confusion. Then, when you complete the process, the end result will be so obvious that you'll say to yourself, how could I have not gotten this before? But a mind that holds conflicting frequencies can't figure out the end result of the process. It wants to. The culture says you should be able to, and it is the number one pseudo-solution of the non-being mind. So be with the process. And let me just add, in a direct response, Erica, you'll Uh know when there's no fear there's no confusion, there's no hostility, and you're just calm. That's when you'll know you're there. But it, as Michael said, it's a process, and you'll go through all of everything that's unlike calm that's up in you at the time. Okay. Yay. Good for you. I mean, this is one of those big life issue kinds of things. So be patient with yourself and give yourself the space. Be gentle with yourself. You know, take time, go home, run a hot bath, light a candle, breathe in the tub, and just just take care of yourself as you let yourself undo whatever needs to be undone to get to this clarity of mind that's on its way to you. Okay. All right, guys. Thank awesome. you. Delighted. Delighted. You're right on track and uh, carry on. Lesser people quit. <laughs> All righty. Well, we'll see if there's anyone else on the call line. I'll go do, I don't know, nothing. I think I'm going to go do nothing right now. Go soak in the tub with the candle. No. Nice, nice gift that. to give yourself. I'm going to go walk right, a well, labyrinth. That's what I'm going to do. Say again? I'm going to go walk a labyrinth. Oh, that's a cool idea. That's always a, a sweet energy. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go do. All right, thank you. All right, take care. We'll hold you in a blessing. And everybody that's on the show will spray you from a distance with the active presence of love so that you reach clarity sooner rather than later. And we're down to the last few seconds, so I'm just going to say thank each and every one of you for joining us in the show and uh, uh, bring a stranger tomorrow. If this show is really relative to you and you know somebody who could use the information, send them a link to the uh, the archive or download it and send them a copy. Bring a stranger to the show tomorrow and have the best year yet of your eternal life. Blessings. Bye-bye. Love and continue.
Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Wright and his wife Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com. Evolving continuously.